Welcome to Entheogen. This is Joe. This is Brad. And I'm Kevin. So tonight, I think we're going to be talking a little bit about bad trips. And uh, what that brings to mind initially is just how I first got into psychedelics. I remember hearing these warnings about, you know, bad trips. Um, don't, take, don't take acid or you might have a bad trip. You know, that was kind of the main reason, like, not to do it, um, because back then it was super available. Um, but it never seemed like a very valid uh, concern, because most of my experiences were pretty, pretty great. Um, I have had a few challenging experiences, but nothing I'd call particularly bad, something to, you know, completely avoid. Um, but I don't know, what are you guys thinking about bad trips? Well, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because I I guess I hadn't thought about that uh, before before you just said it in a long time about the whole uh, warning against uh, taking psychedelics in the first place because of the bad trip and 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 like you I had I guess more than a hundred amazing trips before I had my first bad one just recently about six months ago and. All I could think of when the trip was over was, oh my God, if that had been my first trip, I probably never would have done this again. Right. And it really, I mean, it was just, it was that like, it was that traumatic. It was that scarring. And it's something that I could totally put in perspective because I had had a hundred fantastic, amazing trips that so positively contributed to my life. But I think that um, everything that I, I, I feared before I ever took uh, a psychedelic, I think came true. <laughs> when I had the, the, the bad trip. And I think the, the number one characteristic is the feeling that it is permanent. Yeah. Mm. I think that, yeah. that's all over the, everything that's ever written about a bad trip is that everybody feels like whatever's happening to them is permanent. And that seems completely ridiculous when you've had more than a hundred, you know, I, 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 like I estimate it and over having over more than a hundred experiences, but it's probably well over that. Yeah, it's, it's funny you, you mentioned the thing about uh, the fear being like that this is a, a permanent situation. Yeah. You know, I remember the, the first time, <laughs> the first time when, I, when I did acid the, for the first time, I, I remember taking the uh, care to make a note card, like a little three by five card that had my name on it. And it said remember, like, remember Jenkins? yeah, it was like, it was like written in like, in like the, uh, I don't know what do you call it, like the second person. It was like, you are... Joe and <laughs> you you live you live on Earth. You you took a, you took a drug tonight. You know, it's like <laughs> who told it, you to do that? And it, and That's it will, a very good idea. But like, did you learn that from somewhere? Yeah, and, and it was like it will probably end like within twenty four hours. You know, it was like this like, thing. I, and like I, ten minutes later, you're like, who the fuck is Joe? <laughs> right. <laughs> I threw the note card away and like went on my merry way. Um, I don't know why I did that. I think I just remember reading a bunch of reports on Airwid and things like that, where you know it was like mm. this again, like the fear about you know a bad trip. It was like this you know scary kind of warning. Uh, in hushed tones, but, um, it, you know, it ended up not being needed. I just think I kept the card in my pocket, but maybe the idea of like knowing it was there might've, might've also set my mind at ease, like, and also taking the time to write it ahead of time and remind myself that, you know, this, this will pass. Like this is not a permanent condition. Right. Yeah. Something came to mind, Joe, when you were introducing this, this, um, conversation was the first time I ever heard of LSD was reading, I think that it was either the outsiders or, that was then and this was now, you know, sort of middle school uh, book book list reading and one of the characters takes LSD and it's vividly described in the book how, you know, they feel like spiders are crawling all over their skin. And the only thing I remember is this, you, you know, sort of the bad trip portrayal. 
like LSD is bad because, you know, it's not just going to make you sick or it's not necessarily going to make you addicted, but it'll make you, you know, feel like spiders are crawling up and down your skin. And it was really, you know, it was, uh, it, it made an impression. And the, the, I'd say my first time doing, taking mushrooms uh, was probably the most difficult experience I've had, you know, while while tripping. And I agree, Kevin, with what you were saying, where the thing about it that really got to me was, I didn't know how long it had been. I totally lost sense of time. Like, uh, you know, I didn't know when it was going to end, if it was going to end, and how long we had kind of been been going through this. But that was it was that was the most troubling part for me, from what I remember. I still yeah. have that feeling when I when I have a, a really good trip, which are most of them. Yeah. Um, it's like, like keep I keep thinking like this this must be like near near the end, you know, and it and it always keeps going. That's the it just it's like the the entheogen that keeps on giving. You know? Sure, it just goes <laughs> on and on. And you can see how how uh, like optimism or pessimism, like you know, <laughs> positively or negatively affects that like sensation of losing time. You know, like how how important that is. But I think the the two like important factors in the in the bad trip are are one that that sensation that it's a permanent condition, and and like I said before, in my case, I I, I like after it was over I just couldn't believe that I had that sensation because it's like how many times do you have to trip and have a great experience to know that it's a temporary condition and then like the one time it goes wrong I was just I just thought I thought it was over I thought like I was stuck in a in a permanent state and and obviously I wasn't it passed you know in, in a matter of hours and it was all fine um, yeah, well, the thing I is, get, it, it feels so different when you're in the middle of it, right? It's like oh, you're, yeah. you know, it's like your your wiring is all like, you know, crossed and stuff, and and you kind of think like, wow, well, it, yeah. it, it's so just different. Negative I, emotion, like just like negative emotion is just rampant, like anxiety and fear, and and just it's just all over the place, and it's just uh, it's hard to pump yourself up or get out of it. it. It's also just you're just so overwhelmed in general, like you're you can't think straight because uh, I mean normally I don't know what happens in uh, you know I've read Arrowhead cases on especially like preparing for the show other people's bad trip experiences and it just seems to be in general it's like when everybody anybody who's into psychedelics it's like they always have the temptation it's like I want to take a really massive dose <laughs> right and. <laughs> And like, you know, and not, you know, we've all done that and, and like it's all turned out well, but it's, you know, every once in a while it doesn't, especially with the, the big dose. And I, I know in my case it was when I think about it in retrospect, it was my fault because I, I went into it with uh, I didn't have the, the proper preconditions for a trip and, and let alone a trip of that magnitude. And uh, so, so I, I kind of I just blame myself for it when I look back at it. Yeah, How the, so? The, the, what specifically do you mean you, you didn't feel prepared or you were? No, I just, I had been, um, it's something that I had planned ahead of time to go to the beach with a few friends. It was, it was kind of planned for two weeks. And in the, in the interval in between those two weeks, I had spent the entire time in really, really bad arguments with, uh, my girlfriend at that time. And I just wasn't in a good psycho emotional place. Gotcha. And yeah. I was, I, I, you know, and I, I probably wasn't even thinking about that at all when we got there and I, it wasn't really on my mind, but I just wasn't in the best place. And I think as soon as the, the the wave came on and actually i didn't do it on purpose it just kind of uh <laughs> i i accidentally took too much and uh well that's a, that's kind of a funny story you should you should talk about that yeah. well i i we we I, everyone we were with was planning on taking like one drop from a, a dropper bottle and uh another friend and i were we wanted to do two 
And when I was doing my second drop, the drop kind of broke off. We were in the, on like a windy beach and the drop kind of <laughs> broke off. And even though it fell in my mouth, I kind of like lashed out with my tongue at it at the last minute, just like fearful that it was going to fall to the ground or something. And I wound up licking the bottle. Uh, well, like, like the outside of the bottle which like was pretty amazing it was, it was mixed in like a mint bottle and and i had taken drops from that bottle before and normally the sensation was like having a little tiny bit of like a mint breath a mint a mint drop in your you know like a breath mint in your mouth and all of a sudden it was like my whole mouth was just like swarming with mint i was just like oh shit and that that probably didn't help either like that no. like really like minty like menthol-y kind of you know no, sensation no. probably like alerted you right off the top that this is gonna be a big deal yeah yeah and i mean apart from like my own pre pre you know pre-psychological condition the fact that just the uncertainty it's not like i couldn't i couldn't rationalize to myself like okay it took four drops so It'll be like twice as powerful as that other time he took two. It was like I just didn't know how much I had taken and that scared the shit out of me. Um, and then also I think – I don't know if it was the breath mint or if it was just – it's something I've read in um, cases where people have taken big doses that they've gotten very nauseous and that was true for me. I just felt you – know, it's funny because I've, I've told this trip story to a, a good friend of mine about how something – the other thing that I wanted to get into, the, the other characteristic apart from – the fact that it feels permanent is that in these big trips, sometimes you have this kind of like loss of ego and that seems to be pretty common in people who have big trips. And uh, so I'm telling my, a really good friend of mine about this and he's like, and I'm like, yeah, man. And I, you know, I, you know, I experienced like serious ego loss, not, not completely, but, but you know, near ego death. And he's like, oh man, that's amazing. That's awesome. Like, that's what I want. That's why I do this, you know? And I'm like, yeah, but I, I just felt like so physically, physically ill nauseous i actually threw up at one point and uh, i just felt so physically ill and when, if you feel physically ill and you're tripping on top of it it's just a very very uh scary feeling right yeah like you you begin to realize that you actually wouldn't know if you were in like serious uh yeah like serious you know condition like if if you were actually like near death or something and then you you realize sure. that you know you realize that you wouldn't know if you were nearly you know in a state of like exactly. being close to death and then that just sends you on like the psychological you know yeah uh, it's just like you, i felt like i was in a car that was going fast but like that like the speedometer didn't work and i didn't know how much gas was left i just had no instruments for for measuring anything and it was absolutely terrifying you know and it's like i felt so physically ill and i'm like is this just do I just feel a little bit ill and it's just all magnified by the trip and I'm going to be okay or do I like need to go to a hospital like right now? See, that's the that's the problem with the like haphazard ego death is that, you know, you haven't really like set the <laughs> haphazard <laughs> ego death. <laughs> that's Joe's new band. They'll be like, summer. Yeah, I mean, if, if you haven't like set yourself up for that, I mean, if you haven't like told your friends, okay, I'm, uh, you know, like look out yeah. for me. I'm, I'm like here, I'm incapacitated and I intend to be and I just like, you know, if somebody rings a doorbell like you got to handle it you know if you if you haven't prepared for it and suddenly you find yourself like completely incapable of of uh, any kind of like interaction you know that's just a scary position to be in totally helpless yeah, yeah and I, I think that ego death is a really common like you said kevin it's a really common way to you know not just experience things haphazardly but you know that people do it intentionally and they they go into these experiences whether it's with lsd or or, or like Joe and I, the the lecture that we saw at Burning Man this past year, 
uh, I think the title of it was Navigating Altered States and the Ayahuasca Experience. Um, it was a, a PhD, a doctor who, you know, she's had extensive experience herself drinking ayahuasca and, you know, in, in South America, in Brazil, in Peru, and she seemed very knowledgeable of it. And the reason that she's, she explained that she does what she does is there doesn't seem to be a lot of good information, you know, or good preparatory uh, techniques for people to have going into these situations where, you know, compared to LSD, if you're drinking ayahuasca, for example, it's very likely going to be challenging for most of it or part of it. Or, And, and she was saying that the first several times she drank, uh, she just went into it with virtually no preparation. And the first time she felt good about her about going into it was there was a shamana in Brazil who very plainly said before they all drank, she said, you know, you, you should all know uh, before we drink this that there's a chance that uh, that you may die tonight and that you know, I don't mean physically die. I mean suffer an ego death and that uh, I hope you do. You know, I hope you have the opportunity to have that feeling and, and I promise you that if you feel that way, if you feel the sense of death coming upon you or that sense of ego death, that you'll come back. You'll, we'll be back in this Maloka in the morning and, I, you know, I promise you we'll be here and you're going to be okay. But just so you know, that, that could happen and not just is it possible, but I, I hope for you that – you know, you get there because some people sort of, you know, do this kind of practice with that intention for a long time before they get there. And they're, you know, cared for and they're looked over and, you know, and when it's an intention, you're right. It's like something that uh, you're, you're prepared for. But if, if it's not your intention, if your intention is to like go to the beach and have a great time and just, you know, hang out and, and party and laugh a lot. And instead you, it's like, you can't even remember what laughing means. You know, it's like, that's, that's pretty disorienting and, and scary. <laughs> Yeah, and also I just think that it's like what's – so the, the the whole thing with ego death is like what's the motivation? Is the motivation just a curiosity to see what that feels like or do you really believe that there is some uh, benefit that you're going to take from ego death? Because in in my case, it's like I think about it afterwards and I think my – like I think about my – I analyze my own psychology and it's like, well, I love tripping and I had this experience which in the end like – you know, any bad experience you have, like, gives you something positive, right? Like, there's always some positive you can take from it if you're optimistic about things. And so I tend to frame it in that in that way that, like, okay, well, what I learned from this is this and this and this. But is that really a, a positive experience? Is there something that you can truly learn from that? Or is that just a way you justify it to yourself after it's over? But I mean, isn't the goal like letting go of fear? You know, if, it's, if your ego dies, it's like, what else, you know, do you have to be afraid of after that? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I can, I can totally see that. And I mean, that's what I took from it. It's that like, I felt like I died, like I, li like I literally died. I remember telling people like, I'm dying right now, I'm going to die. And so I, I guess, but I just don't know if like if if I were in that situation again, if I would just feel it all over again, or if I've kind of gotten over that and I know that I'm not going to die. I don't know. Well, how do you? How would you describe? You know, having the opportunity to have time to recontextualize that experience, and you know, initially calling it a bad trip because those are the words we have to use. Like, sure. how do you feel about that now? I mean, do you do you look back at that experience and think? Geez, that was scary. Obviously, you know, it didn't it wasn't so bad that you're you're never gonna do LSD again or that you haven't done it since. Um, but you what know, do you, do what you, do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> but do you do you would you still 
you know, tell someone like, oh, I had a bad trip and this is why it was bad? Or is it, has it changed for you, you know, with, through retrospect or having a chance to kind of meditate uh, on it? Uh, you know, it's, it's obvious. It's like, it's super complex. But I think, I think if I hadn't felt physically bad, if I had just gone through all the psychological things I went through, I would have come out of it with this just like insane curiosity about the whole thing. But uh, the fact that I felt physically bad really made it a, neg- a very negative experience where I was just like I was so happy to, for it to be over. And um, But then, you know, as time passed and I think about it, it's funny too because as I've, since I've tripped, like I mean since that's happened, like every time I've tripped, there's, there, I have this like one second of like panic at the beginning like, oh, I hope that doesn't happen again, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, uh, but like having that, in, you know, in hindsight, it's like I think about it and it was kind of like a – but this is the thing. It's, it's like very hard to be sub, uh, objective about it but I, I think it's set in motion. For me, it made me realize I had this kind of like awakening of like, oh, shit, like I really – you know, I could die. Like I could die one of these days and there's like a ton of stuff I want to do, right? And hmm. it's like – and uh, it made me particularly consider the relationship I was in at that point uh, and kind of was for me the kind of final straw of like, oh, yeah, I need to end this, you know. And uh, so, I mean, but once again, it's like it's really hard for me to separate that objectively from what could just be the way we tell ourselves the story of our life, right? True. I've, I've described uh, LSD before to people where – you know, you mentioned before the desire to want to take a bit more, you know, to kind of push it or to mm-hmm. to to go beyond. And you know, I've had experiences that I wouldn't necessarily describe as bad. I didn't get physically sick, but there were points of time throughout that day or throughout that night where I was I was uh, you, you know it was a bit tenuous. And those experiences I find tend to be ultimately the more positive ones and, and, you know, kind of come getting through that part and having this incredibly profound sense of gratitude, um, for sort of returning and having experienced something deeper. And I've described it as like, it's kind of like standing on a ledge and looking over and, you know, normal existence is just sort of, you have the view that you have. And, and it seems like if you take a certain amount of LSD, if you take a little bit of LSD, it might feel like rolling forward on the balls of your feet. And you get that sort of adrenaline rush in your stomach like, oof, you know, this is scary. This is dangerous. I might fall. And then you kind of roll back and you feel safe again where if you take maybe more than you're used to or, you know, hopefully on purpose, um, it it kind of feels like I'm leaning over the ledge, you know, like really far, like too far such that I I should fall, but I'm not falling. And it's something... Has, is keeping me from falling, but I'm I'm looking down um, over the ledge at a really steep angle, and it's it's like holy shit, I could fall and die, and this could be really bad. But then, you know, an hour later, two hours later, I'm I'm drawn back to to an upright position, and I'm left with this incredible sense of energy and gratitude. Like, oh man, that was amazing. I, I want to talk about it. I want to share it. I I you know, it ends up being like a really really positive thing. But it's that sort of period of feeling scared and, and worried but uh i don't know I, I i've had that desire to want to like i think every time i, I, I yeah every time i take it it's like if i'm if i'm going to take a very like a very little amount you know cool maybe i want to be social i want to hang out um but given the right context i really look forward to the experiences where you can kind of get yeah. deeper get deeper with it no absolutely and i think uh, like like i said before too i think 
if I hadn't felt physically sick and I, that had never happened to me before. And I can't really explain why that happened. I don't know if that was just a, a product, like if that was a kind of like a somatic reaction to not knowing what I had taken and or everything else that was going on emotionally. But I think without that, uh, it would have been okay. I just, I felt completely under siege, you know, physically and, and psychologically. I couldn't possibly consider a thought at that time. I mean, there was a moment that I, I mean, I would say within 15 minutes of having taken it, I was already hallucinating like very seriously, like more than I probably ha- ever have in my life. And I mean, 15 minutes later instead of the normal, you know, whatever, 30 minutes or an hour. And um, I was having experiences that I had never had before. I mean, just powerful, powerful hallucinations and, and manipulations of sound and things like that. And um, there was a point for me that it just, my my vision went off like in one instant, like my vision went off and for the next, I don't know how many hours it was, three hours probably, I didn't, I was no longer, I didn't see anything. Like I didn't know what was in front of me. I, like I had, I forgot that there was like something to be seen in front of me. I was living completely in my mind. Hmm. And I like, I literally like had no idea who was around me, where the hell I was, like I had zero idea. Just completely in my head, like running through colored mazes and like, dealing with like really abstract and like existential problems but like my my all my faculties were completely under siege so I had no capacity to like process anything or to like think critically I just couldn't I couldn't hold the thought for more than a second and I just found myself uh just just in a state of panic like constant panic that just lasted the whole time and I kept uh my my friend that took care of me uh you know he said that you just kept repeating the same sentences over and over again in the beginning it was uh, my mind is broken. My mind is broken. I don't know anything anymore. I've lost. I was obsessed with the fact that I had lost everything I'd ever learned. Like I had damaged my brain. <laughs> like I kept telling him that. Like I don't know anything anymore. All I, t- I told him all of my education is gone. <laughs> like, <laughs> I and you guys, you guys know this person. It was Ingo. So you can imagine like how fun it is being ribbed by him since then. Uh, <laughs> it was like I've given him like the best material until the end of time. But uh yeah, I kept saying that. And then there was a point where I was convinced, absolutely convinced that I was going to die. Like I knew the end was coming. Uh, and I just kept – it was really funny too because I remember I, – it's really curious because like th- thinking back on it, like for example, the thing about not knowing anything anymore. I said I don't know anything anymore. Like I don't – you know, it's in obvious contrast to the fact that I can still speak. Like, you know, I can still speak and put words together but I don't know anything anymore, you know. And, uh, and there was a point where he said like that, like, you know, it's like I couldn't see him, but his voice would come through to me every once in a while. And I would like know that he was somewhere like I didn't, I had no concept of physical space, but I just knew like his presence was there. And he said, you know, that's not true, man. Like, who's your father? And I, I could actually picture my father. And, but I, but my answer to him was, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's just, it's just, just strange. Like I was just brainwashed for for a time. It's funny. I, I pulled up this uh, quote by Stanislav Grof, who uh, who's an, was an you know an awesome Czech uh, psych. Well, is he's still alive? I think he's in his eighties now, but uh, was a great uh, psychiatrist who did like kind of the first psychedelic research into psychiatry. And he he talks here about what happens when you have a bad trip, and he says. There is a tremendous danger of confusing the inner world with the outer world. So you'll be dealing with your inner realities, but at the same time, you're not even aware of what's happening. You perceive a sort of distortion of the world out there. 
So you can end up in a situation where you're weakening the resistances. Your conscious is becoming more aware, but you're not really in touch with it properly. You're not really fully experiencing what's there, nor seeing it for what it is. You get kind of deluded and caught into this. <laughs> it's like an well, absolutely familiar. perfect expression of what exactly what happened to me. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a lot like what you were just describing. <laughs> yeah. So what keeps coming to mind is, is uh, you know, one of the main things that I sort of brought back from Timothy Leary, which is drug set and setting. You know, he, he always gave the advice, like, these are the things to be aware of before you go into an experience like this. And, you know, drug is one thing, like, what's the dose? What's, what, what's you know, how, how pure is it? What, first of all, what drug is it? Um, that kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, set like your, your mindset and then setting kind of where, where you are and, and who you're with and that kind of thing. Um, and it, it's really does seem like the, you know, fundamentally, um, bad trips come about from like a, um, misappropriation of one of those things. I mean, if you have too much of a, of a certain drug or you take the wrong drug and you're shocked by the experience, you know, that's going to lead down the wrong path. Um, in your case, Kevin, your mindset was, was also, you know, problematic for the experience, yeah. certainly for the amount you did. Absolutely. And I think you can extrapolate the like the set and setting not only to like the, you know, the or the set not only to the physical, but also in, in the case of tripping to like the emotional and psychological at that time. Right. It's like what what kind of mindset are you in uh, at the beginning? It reminds me of the whole Malcolm Gladwell uh, tipping point. Is it, I, think it's, I, think I, I confuse his books, but there's one of them where he mentions um, it's a chapter called The Power of Context. And it's about how important the context is on the human brain. And he's obviously not even, he's not talking about tripping. He's just talking about in everyday life. And he mentions a couple of examples. One is the famous Bernie Getz killing on the subway in New York where uh, this, this guy kind of like considered a vigilante opened fire on uh, some black teenagers on a subway car. Uh, and they, they had been kind of taunting him or something. And it, it was just all about how he reacted within this certain context, which was like this graffitied, dimly lit uh, subway car and it kind of provoked this violent reaction from him because the context uh, provided that and mm. and the other one he mentions is this famous like Stanford uh, prison experiment where they right. yeah, yeah they yeah. set up this prison and and then and then the, the people who Stu- like the well you can you can explain Brad you're, you're a psychology guy <laughs> well yeah it, it's where the, the students were told to act as sort of prison wardens and other ones were told to act as prisoners and you know, just given that context, the brutality just seemed to come out of nowhere. You know, it wasn't necessarily connected to these people being bad people. It was more a representation of the the situation that they were put in, the context that they were put in, and having a lot of time to act in that role that the behavior seemed to manifest from it. Didn't they actually, I think they actually suspended that uh, experiment, right? Because it got too oh, yeah. out of control. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, was in the, that was in the fun days of psychology when you could do stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's like you think about that, what the power, the context you're in has over you in your everyday life and, and just in just how you think and what kind of state of mind you're in. And then, I mean, obviously, you uh, tripping is just you just amplify it by a million. And, right. Uh, and even being sick, you know, it, it's, it's also something that given the given a, uh, a more uh, a more appropriate context. So drinking ayahuasca, having, you know, DMT in that in that ceremonial context. You're, you know going into it that there's a good chance you're going to get sick. You're going to get physically ill. You're going to purge. You know, you're going to throw up. You might, you know, it's it, knowing that going in makes the act of being sick not necessarily the one thing that, that makes mm. it unbearable. 
like, you know, had experiences drinking ayahuasca where I, I got sick and it hurt, you know, it physically hurt and I didn't like the way it felt. And then I've had other experiences drinking ayahuasca where it's like the actual purging process, like the, when I was actually throwing up, felt amazing. It was this incredible release and I was just like letting go of all of this stuff that wasn't really serving me and I was I was very surprised and <laughs> the next I think I had it was a couple weeks later I I had maybe food poisoning or I'd gotten sick, you know, and I was kind of up all night um and you know, I hadn't I wasn't on any sort of psychedelic or ayahuasca or anything, but I it was within a month after having drank ayahuasca and I just sort of could sense my body's my body preparing to throw up. And whereas most of my life I felt like throwing up was the worst thing in the world and I used to like when I was a kid or when I got car sick or, you know, in, in other situations I would avoid throwing up because I thought that was the worst. And even though I knew that once you kind of throw up you'd feel better. So in this instance I was like, okay, this is going to happen. And, you know, once it happens it's not the end of the world. But, uh, you know, having having a context and a setting for a psychedelic experience can even make something that seems like the worst thing in the world um, you know, manageable. That's, that's, uh, absolutely fascinating to me. I think that like now thinking it back on it, that's ob- obviously a huge part too, is that I think before that day, I'd probably thrown up two or three times in my entire life. And, uh, it's something I absolutely hate. Oh, it's not, uh, I w- I've never, you know, it's, it's happened to me so rarely and I've always, mm. in the times it's happened, I've resisted it until the very end. And, uh, but it just makes me think like about, uh, a month and a half ago, uh, I had a, an experience like a, with a group that we took uh, some LSD and I actually we we had gone out to eat lunch before that and I got food poisoning from uh, what I had eaten so like about three or four hours into my trip I suddenly got ill and uh, and but it was completely different this time because I had my mental fa- and I was I mean it was a pretty serious trip but I because I still had my mental faculties it was like it was just very easy to like manage uh, the, the throwing up part and kind of get it over with and then keep going on and not fall into any negativity whatsoever. And, uh, and I would even say that that was the case, for example, this summer at, uh, Burning Man, uh, Joe's first night, um, when I had the dehydration problem, I mean, if I had been in a weaker state of mind, like I could not have sat through someone giving me an IV. <laughs> you know what I mean, like I would have lost my mind. I mean, like I hate needles, I hate blood, and I can't uh, stand going to the doctor or the hospital. And stomach yet, acid Monday. Yeah, <laughs> and yet tripping, <laughs> tripping in the condition I was in, I could not believe that I sat through somebody not only putting an IV in, but like clumsily putting it in, messing it up three different times, <laughs> like just like wrenching, like watching Joe's horrified face next to me, like Joe, like like just making the worst faces and I'm like Joe's normally like he can handle this shit and he's making like really gross faces like he's he, he finds this whole thing like blatantly repugnant and like and somehow I'm dealing with it and it's okay <laughs> you know you, you should have seen your face <laughs> I, I, keep it back. I don't I don't know what to like to, to take from that I just it's like so hard to dissect the whole thing I think that uh that the physical, the physical feeling, the sickness was a massive part of it, and uh, and I think that the emo- the emotional, like you know, having fought with my girlfriend all the week before, I think those two things were just like, and then not knowing the dose, it's like it was kind of like a perfect storm of conditions that just led to 
that that situation and it's funny because i feel like before it's like everyone who knows me is always like man you it's like you always seem to be like totally fine with like whatever dose you take <laughs> you always seem like totally manageable totally like you can just go out and like order dinner at a restaurant right now and it was this one time that it just went completely off the deep end you know hmm. So the emo- the um, the sort of like nausea, the the physical symptoms. Um, I'm wondering how connected that was to the emotional component. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting link. You know, like how how somatic uh, was the whole thing. I, I I don't know. I mean, I have no. I don't know what to say there. It's like every every once in a while when I if I try to think about it, I've thought about it. Like for example, in like meditation and yoga and stuff. And I'll get to the, I can get to a point where I'm like very connected to the feeling I had. And it's, it's a feeling of, uh, of loss is like the way it's represented in my mind is loss of information, loss of education, loss of knowledge. But I think it was really about losing the, the girl that I was going to give up by breaking the relationship. That's my final like grand conclusion from the whole thing was like it was me coming to terms with like loss of a person that even though it wasn't working and everything was still like really important and I had a really like uh, you know strong bond with. This is why I think the uh, CIA uh, investigated LSD as a truth serum in the MK Ultra program because it's it's hard not to like accept those kinds of like realizations you know and it's hard not to have them in the first place like if you if you try to avoid recognizing something like that um i feel like it it does kind of make you sick well it's just one of the jokes i was making with a, the friend who was taking care of me i was like the next time you see me like that will you please put on some fucking Radiohead or something like, <laughs> just do, do something man like <laughs> like give me some mdma i don't know like something <laughs> something that will bring me out of that you know it's like so we've we've focused mostly on on you know an experience of a uh, an experienced psychonaut or a psychedelicist uh, as yourself, um, but this oftentimes comes up with uh, introducing new people to these compounds, doesn't it? Like, do you guys have that experience where 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 you're you know like people know you as the psychedelicist of the group and somebody who who enjoys you know these experiences. Um, and they they may be curious, or you may be inclined to promote it to friends who've never had these experiences. And the resistance always comes from kind of a fear, right? And, and I mean, what's the fear of? It seems like the fear is of a of a bad trip, a bad experience, right? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you dispel that? I mean, is it is it is does it just come down to a case of drug set and setting? Like, well, we know the dose. We're taking a relatively small amount or a relatively reasonable amount. I think amount. so, man. Yeah. I think so. I think that's fundamental. I mean, for me, it's the thing that I like, hammer home repeatedly with anybody who's going to try it uh, for the first time. And, and normally, it's like me as the person who administers it. I feel like I go to great lengths to control those things for the person, so it's not even a decision that they have to make. You know, it's because I don't trust anybody to really make that decision. You, you, you've already pre-qualified them. You're, you're pre-qualified for an LSD <laughs> trip tonight. Exactly. Well, yeah, and I, and to answer your question, I wouldn't try to dispel it if if it's someone who's like, I'm not sure if I want to or not. I certainly wouldn't put put myself or them in a position of, you know, convince trying to convince them or no, no. you know tell them they're wrong. But if someone's like really truly sincerely wants to have these experiences and has some fears that they're, you know, isn't holding them back from trying it, but it's just a fear that they they want to be allayed, you know, it's like, 
I'm happy to talk about my own experiences. I think the fact that you know no one's ever died taking LSD is is a, an interesting point of data that you know I don't know if a lot of people know. Um, it's it's like you're not going to get hurt. You know, you might have a, a an experience that's ominous or looming, but uh, but you know, with I really enjoyed that that talk show that you and I saw where you know her whole thing this this doctor is equipping people with techniques to enter into a psychedelic state and be able to help themselves. And, you know, maybe we can talk more about that another time. Um, but I just, I really enjoyed the, the learning how to be self-reliant, learning how to take in information and, and accept that information. There's a, re- <laughs> there's a really entertaining thread that I came across a few years ago um, fr- from this message board called Fantasy Tour, which is generally entertaining but this one headline caught my eye it said you know tell me about an experience you've had taking too much lsd and man there were some fantastic stories there. <laughs> almost yeah. all of them are amusing none of them ended with and then i went to the hospital and was in a coma none of them ended with none of them ended up going to the hospital no nobody got sick no one you know had had bad things happen to them they 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 were put in like situations that they think are ridiculous and it was in that thread that I, I first came across this idea of, of doing a thumbprint and it really piqued my interest. And so I kind of internet wormholed my way into another website, uh, another message board um, called shroomery.org. Oh, yeah. And there, there are these two guys in there uh, who spe- are speaking from their own personal experiences of doing a thumbprint which in short is basically a megadose of LSD like before it becomes liquefied it's in the crystal crystalline form and so they're talking about doing you know multi milligram doses you know Jesus the equivalent of hundreds and hundreds of of hits at once and you know the ego death absolutely comes into play and they talk about how scary it is they talk about how it's not it's pretty common for people to get sick to get physically ill when they first take it um to, to purge, but then, you know, th- none of the, all of them, or these two guys talk about them and other people that they've known, the experiences are ultimately extremely positive. And then the idea of ego death is, is the, what, what they seek and what they get out of it in, in a really positive way. Because once their idea of themselves, their egoic sense of themselves is stripped away, they just feel this incredible connection to everything, you know, and, and there's a great analogy that one of the guy makes where he he says that, you know, his whole life he spent, um, he had this understanding of his whole life being spent as a raindrop falling through the sky. And when he did this print, it was as though he was a raindrop that hit the ocean. And he, you know, his his sense of ego was him himself as a raindrop, but he he saw the reality that he was water and that he was connected to everything everywhere. And, and when he hit the ocean... You know, that was the thing to be afraid of is, is himself dying, you know, himself as a raindrop dying. But through that death, through that ego death, he was instantly connected to everything. And it was an incredibly positive thing. It seems kind of like it's like that last great barrier, right? It's like what all Eastern mysticism like aspires to is like getting getting beyond yourself and your ego and getting to that like universal consciousness and in just co- coming to those realizations and like how absolutely terrifying that is for a person uh, to to kind of let it all go and let go what they know to like, I don't know, to embrace something like that just seems like a, 
it seems like, you know, I can understand why my friend, when I told him the experience, was like, well, yeah, like, why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you do that? Why didn't you push it? You know, it's like, well, I would, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I would if I had the chance again, but in, given the, the fact that it was the first time I did that, it was absolutely terrifying. And, you know, for all the other reasons I mentioned, but, uh, but I do, that is a really cool aspect of the whole thing is like, you know, trying to, to get to that state. It seems like that's what we're aspiring to is is to be able to deal with some of these higher doses because that's where also some of the more mystical experiences come from. I mean, we have glimpses of that on lower doses, but like it it's through the higher higher doses that you know we get closer to that enlightenment kind of state. God, man, yeah, you know the more entheogenic kind of state. Um, but you really have to be like you have to come to terms with the fact that you your ego may die and and you may go through these unpleasant you know, experiences in order to get there or, or just, Mm -hmm. you know, you may sometimes have unpleasant experiences rather than having the the more mystical experience. Terrence McKenna called it the heroic dose. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's a great term. It also ties in nicely with the whole like hero's journey, (laughs) uh, you know, in, (laughs) in mythology. So I think that's a great word for it. Thank you for listening to Entheogen. We've been discussing bad trips. This is Joe. This is Brad. And I'm Kevin.